So we left the UK when she was only nine months old. Mm. Nine months old. Who does that? So my concerns were definitely safety for right. my wife and also my daughter, but also financial safety. Right. And those are my 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 only two concerns. I didn't really care much about um, language barriers because most la- most communication is you know not verbal. Non-verbal, you're right. right. So I didn't really care much, and <clears throat> I know that I can actually. all right welcome back to another episode i'm your host justin and this is a show where we talk about everything travel digital nomad and expat related living abroad whatever you want to call it uh we talk about travel here so um thank you for tuning in today i have an exciting guest on the show we are currently sitting in playa del carmen mexico and this is is where we kind of got our start this is where um, the first city that we visited outside the U.S. and said, hey, I think we can live here and saw other families living here. So um, last August, I think we were down here and we had been following you guys for probably the past year or so on YouTube, yeah. Instagram. Y'all are the part of what gave us inspiration, <laughs> seeing another family that looks like us yeah. um, traveling and living nomadically. And so we're, we're here in Playa del Carmen last August and we're walking down the street near Playa Car. And who do we see? <laughs> family travels, AJ and Shanique, and their two little ones. Um, and I think your baby was just born, just right? Born. Just born. Um, and it was just a surreal moment. You know, we, we hugged each other, we connected. It was our yeah. first time meeting in person. I think by then we probably connected on social channels, but- um, The ladies definitely would have connected. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> were, were connecting on, on social media, so. Um, it was amazing just to run into them, hear a little bit about their story, but I've never sat down and actually taken the time without the kids running around and screaming to That's really get to know you as a person, AJ, and you hear your story. So uh, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Man, I feel good. I, I There's something special when you know brothers can come together and just vibe and just talk. It's beautiful having the ladies around, but there's a different perspective. Um, as a male energy coming together so i appreciate it so i feel good yeah thank you for having me i agree i agree and um we're gonna get into who you are aj i mean you were a father a husband you've been living nomadically for the past how many years five years five years um you're an entrepreneur you've been able to sustain yourself on this journey and provide for your family so um really want to just get into what inspired the move abroad right you you hailed from jamaica Mm -hmm lived in the UK, mm-hmm. which uh, I assume that's where you met Shanique. That's where I met Shanique. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from the UK, let's go, you know, you, you have one kid. What inspired you to, to leave? All right, going down the rabbit hole. So the UK is cold. I'm a tropical guy, born and raised in Jamaica. So, you know, the sun is in my system. I spent 15, 16 years in the UK. And I had enough. I started, I went through the whole process of going to university, getting my qualifications, um, started businesses once I was there, met Shanique, had my first child. And after a while, I just got tired. The systems in the UK, the the way in which I didn't feel as though I, I was, 
a part of any form of community. Mm. I didn't fit in. I after sixteen years, I still didn't fit in. Yeah, the people are cold. The place is cold. Everything is cold. You know, it's so much. It, it was a uprooting of my whole life from Jamaica, and it did replace what I had in Jamaica. You know, I remember going, being in the UK and the first encounter I had was, you know, saying hello to someone and they just kind of went like this. And I'm like, I looked behind me and I thought to myself, was there someone behind me? And that continued throughout the UK in my experience, that coldness. So mm-hmm. I didn't really connect very much and feel as though it was home. Right. And so after a while, I just got tired. My lady got tired and she, being who she is, she's an organizer, a researcher. She started to research because we went on holidays, went to Portugal, went to Greece for short stints. Right. And then every time we were there, we asked ourselves the question, what if this was just life? Right. What are we doing in the UK? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I said, and then she's like, well, because I'm an optimistic person, I like to you know, entertain possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like, it can be. And she's like, don't start. Mm-hmm. But I believe in possibilities. So we went back to the UK, and funny enough, whilst being in Portugal, that's where the first business idea came to fruition. Um, I let it sit for about a couple of years, and then I started it after, I think, in my last year of uni. And so we, we I graduated uni, and running the business for about two years, we just said we had enough. So every night, every day, we'd be researching the internet, Dr. YouTube, of course. Of course. But we didn't see anyone like us, family, traveling. At that time, we didn't have any children, but we wanted to travel. Our families were telling us, listen, children need stability. Mm-hmm. All we knew at that time was it's crazy to travel if you want to start a family. You cannot do that. Who does that? And so we, we said, no, we're going to redefine what our life is. And so after many months of researching, we saw a handful of people traveling, but they were mainly you know, solo people or couples. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know what, we're going to do this. So the passion begun from traveling to it's traveling to um, different places, short stints, and just putting the question out there: Why isn't this possible? Why, why not? Yeah. Why not? That's we, where it started. We had a similar experience because when you are kind of locked into the matrix, mm. you don't think that you can travel for more than two weeks out of the year. That's that's the vacation time you're, you're allotted, right? <laughs> that's it. Um, and so you all, that's interesting that you all had the idea of you know you wanted to start a family. And also family and friends are telling you, and all the influences are telling you, you can't travel with kids. And you decided you wanted to be that representation. Exactly. I want to become that idea. And then again, being a stubborn Jamaican, I'm like, that. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to define my life. Yeah. You know, because... But what fears did you have specifically um, around leaving? I'm a very logical person. I like to know that my family is A, safe, B, provided for, 
I and being born and raised in Jamaica, I have certain um, proudness in relation to safety. And I have to ensure that roof is over head and food is on the table. Yeah. And now, this time, my daughter is just nine months. So we left the UK when she was only nine months old. Mm. Nine months old. Who does that? So my concerns were definitely safety. Right. Wife and also my daughter, but also financial safety. Right. And those are my 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 only two concerns. I didn't really care much about um, language barriers because most most communication is you know not verbal. Non-verbal, right? So I didn't really care much, and I know that I can do a crash course. Right. Not to YouTube in any language, 24 to 72 hours. Yeah, that's a good point. Like most people, I think they're like, well, you know, they're not speaking English there or they want to start off traveling to somewhere that does speak English and all it does is limit you it does to the most expensive places in the yeah, world. Exactly. And you can trust in yourself to learn something new. You can. Yeah. And the thing is, in our experience, all the countries we've been to, let's say as far as Vietnam, right? Mm. People, world over, are the same. They have a set of parameters that they want to be met. They want to be happy. They want to feel loved. They want to feel safe. And they want to provide for their family. World over. Right. Therefore, it doesn't matter which country you go to, for the vast majority of them. I'm going to put that caveat there. Yeah. For the vast majority of them. Um, most majority of people want the same things. Mm -hmm. So therefore, your concerns and your fears are the same for those people too. Very true. Um, so you guys left the UK when mm. your daughter was, was nine months. Nine months. Where was, where was the first stop? We stopped in Spain, Malaga, and this was strategic. We could have gone afield all the way to Thailand because my wife wanted to go to Thailand um, first, but my logical mind was strategic in that, as I said, my two concerns were uh, safety and also safety, which was down to personal and also financial. Right. And, and it's, it's the latter. So I went first to study uh, how to teach English mm -hmm. to you know foreigners, um, mainly children. So that's how I, I went to Spain to study to become an English teacher. Right. That's how I started and. I did a crash course, it took me about a month. One month? Yeah, man. Quick! <laughs> <laughs> real crash course. Yeah, okay. real, real crash course. It was, yeah. it was intense. It was like yeah. 8 to 12 hours a day. Yeah. And after I finished it, it took me about three months before I got my first job. So then, after having the savings from the UK, now I know that I have some assurance in that with a qualification I can start teaching. I started right. work whilst I was building up my um, my business, you know, on, online. So that was the very first stop to Spain. My yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. We were just talking about Spain and, you know, that's one, that's a country that we definitely have on our list, yeah. you know, but we've been there a couple of times. We've been to Malaga, mm -hmm. just stopped through. So I, I like that. And so what you're saying is you found a way to make money yeah. while you go to your first stop yeah. and you also have some savings from the UK, but yeah. also you're working on a business yeah. in the background. Yeah. 
So it's not, it's not, there's no one path to this. And I think that's really important because so many people ask, like, how do you, how do you sustain yourself? And it's like, well, what, what way do you want to do it? You know? Yeah. There, there are a multitude of ways multitude how, ways. how you can sustain yourself, but you just need to plan it out. Yeah. Um, and now I think it's easier for some people but because of the advent of so many technologies, it's become a lot more open and accessible. Um, so, so you guys were living in Spain. Yeah. Um, how long did you all stay? I think we spent about four months in Spain, totally. Okay. Yeah. And did you go back and forth in the beginning, or was it just like, hey, we are no longer renewing our lease, our mortgage, we are going to Spain, and then we'll figure it out from there? Um, we did go back to the UK quite often, but let's say maybe I think every, uh, I would like to say eight months to a year, yeah. we, we went back to the UK because so many people just keep getting married. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and getting so married, having kids. Having kids. <laughs> and so we were returning quite often to the right. UK um, just for family and friends. Yeah. What was, what was next on the list and what made you decide to leave Spain? Well, our travel was slow travel. That's our type of travel mm -hmm. because of um, our daughter. So we would usually spend between three to four months in any country. Okay. And we wanted to do that as well so that we could get a true essence and flavor of the country and what it's like to live there. Yeah. Not just to hop in and hop out a week. You don't really see anything. You don't really get a sense of the culture. Mm -hmm. You know. So we wanted to fully you know, dip our feet in and get wet. So yeah. I'm speak to the people, the locals, understand certain uh, traditions. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to be a part of the communities yeah. where we travel. No, we don't, we wanted, in a sense, it was our way of being um, traveling to some degree sustainably. Right. And, and it, it, it takes a week or two to even get adjusted. You oh. know, think about different time zones and you have kids you have to get them adjusted you're not even really seeing anything until that third exactly. fourth week so exactly. i i totally agree with you there and so um you liked the culture of southern spain and yeah. built yeah. some community out there yeah yeah um, and my brother lives in Sevilla, um, and he's been there for years um, and we visited him and lived with him for a short piece um Sevilla is extremely hot Extremely hot. I mean, I know Jamaica is hot, I know Mexico is hot, but Sevilla is a different level of hot mm -hmm. that I will not live in Sevilla. And it's not as diverse for me. Right. So yeah. I, I wouldn't live there. However, they have the best churros in the entire world. I will say that. The best churros. Churros. And I will return on a flight for churros. What are churros? Churros. Churro. <laughs> Mexico, man. Come on. Yo, no, no, that is not an R role. That was you just left out a whole leg. But you, I did not like their churros. I don't know where you went. I don't know where you. They did went. it differently. It was like fried and kind of plain. I don't and know. Let me explain something okay, okay, to okay. you because okay. I love churros. Me too. They give you a bag full of churros. It's the one where you dip the chocolate. You dip it in the yes, chocolate. Yes, right? I don't know where you went. But I gotta go back. Not, you better go to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely gotta go back. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys were, you wanted to slow travel, you wanted to see the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, 
Southern, uh, was going to uh, Southeast Asia? Was that right after? Yeah, so Europe first, and then, you know, we, we touched different places in Europe. We, uh, my lady knows the list like this. Mm-hmm. Of and once you start traveling, you forget. You no, forget, she like, doesn't. And I, I, I think because she, she, um, she's, she spoke to, spoke to and speak to a lot of people who keep asking her these, these particular yeah, questions. Yeah. So after a while, it's it embedded in into her memory. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't really regurgitate it that often, but we did um, Turkey. I remember doing Turkey. I remember doing Greece. Um, I remember doing, um, where else? So Greece. I can't try to remember all yeah. the places there. You did in, some, in some Eastern Europe, some, yeah. some Northern Europe. Okay. And some, of, and some of Europe. And then we went to uh, Southeast Asia. And I love, I love Southeast Asia. Yes, I want to dive into Southeast Asia. My, my first question before we get into that is, when you left it, your daughter was nine months, so yeah. she didn't even know any, any different no, than just travel. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah, this is what we do. Okay. And the reason behind that is I do not like the traditional systems of schooling. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that you know, we should ensure that the foundations of our children are how we want them to be, mm-hmm. rather than allowing the state to raise our children and setting their foundations so that when they become fully grown adults, they, they will know who they are and they will know what they believe about themselves rather than something being programmed into them and then they're going to have to start having those misconceptions about themselves. They, my daughter is royalty. She's a queen. I've built those foundations from she was in the belly. Mm-hmm. Reading books to her, having specific mantras she was so small before she could speak, reminding her who she is, not just from a human level or being level, but from a spiritual level because she's spirit first and then flesh, mm. making sure she understands that she is love. There's no differentiating that. She is happiness. There's yeah. no different. Everything is embodied within her because it is her and this flesh is just built Mm. And aside to that, I wanted her to learn that, okay, you want to learn about um, our ancestors? Okay, cool. Let's go to Egypt. Let's go touch the pyramid. What's the point of going to a classroom, sitting down, flicking pages? You can't touch them. And let's go speak to the people in that region. In the region, right. who know the true history. The true history. The true yeah. history. That's why we wanted her to, and she can become more well-rounded as a person and understand where she fits in this entire <clears throat> space that we call Earth and in the many cultures. Mm. One of the biggest things I want to instill in my kids, and I think that this travel lifestyle brings them, is to form their own opinions. You can go somewhere and instead of some ideology being taught that this is how you're supposed to view this subject, you get to go to that place, (laughs) to that city, and you get to form your own opinion. And I think that will take you so many places. You know, obviously reading and math and writing 
fundamentals. Yeah, fundamentals. And you all did the homeschooling yeah. for the first four what, and a half, four and years. a half years. I'm tired. And that's a grind. Oh my god, that's that is a grind. That's a grind yeah. in itself. Um, so we'll definitely touch more on the homeschooling bit. Um, let's get into Southeast Asia culture shocks. I know you guys are excited to go. Yeah. But what 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 country did you go to first, and what was the culture shock like for for all of y'all? Oh, okay. This is a good one. So we first went to Thailand. Thailand. Okay. I love Thailand. Culture shock. I thought I was calm. <laughs> Brother man, I oh, thought man. I was calm. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first stepped into the hotel and their culture is so respectful mm -hmm. that there are different ways of greeting a man compared to greeting a woman. Okay. It's like masculine versus feminine. So the the men they put their hands together mm -hmm. and they would bow and say, Sawadika. Mm. And for the women, they would say, Sawadika. Mm. Now, the culture shock came when I had a slight annoyance in the apartment. And I mentioned it to the receptionist. And it took about two days before it could be resolved. Now, coming from the West, right. we have a certain expectation in things being done right now. And so when I returned on the third day, I'm like, I, I did say I had a problem in the apartment. No one has come to fix it yet. The way how this woman responded to me, <laughs> you know a dog with a tail that's just between their legs now? Mm. This woman got me to check myself just by being her absolute divine kindness. She literally was like, sorry, God. I'm sorry for that. I'm going to get someone to come to you as soon as possible. The softness, the yeah. kindness in yeah. her tone, the respect in her tone. I returned to my room. I said, babe, I'm angry. <laughs> I was like, what did you oh, And I didn't believe I was angry, but yeah. the way in which she responded, and it threw out talent. I'm not saying that there aren't people, you know, who aren't more aggressive you know, or rough, right. but the general culture is of respect. Mm. And she made me check myself to where I, I said to myself, I need to work more on my inner peace that's the first place and the first culture shock that i ever experienced that's amazing that's yeah. amazing because it truly tests your ability for patience i'm I, i'm extremely impatient and my wife will get on me about it this is all, right. all the time and in this travel lifestyle you oh, have to exercise that patience i got a dose of it in spain yeah um just with the, you know, they're very laissez-faire, no one's in a rush, they're taking naps in the middle of the day. Um, but <laughs> I, I can imagine, we, you know, Asia is definitely on our list, so. Yeah, different so, level. It's a different level. Yeah. You think naps are, are, are the thing that yeah. got you patient? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
the the energy there will get you. How did you all? I mean, the, the the time zone difference and being that far from friends and family. I know you had some travel experience by the time you got to Thailand. Yeah. But did being that far away? Did, how did that affect y'all? So, so this this was quite challenging as well. Our families, they 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 both sides, they didn't agree with what we we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother said, you know, you've given me a grandchild and you just taking away my grandchild from me. You know, and I'm like, we're trying to do that. However, this is our life. We have to live yeah. our life. Um, they were very concerned, um, and, and rightly so. Parents are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but I remember what my mom, mom's friend, saying to her that you almost, you pretty much did the same thing because you left Jamaica to go to the UK. Mm. The only difference with what I'm doing, I'm doing it on a permanent way where I'm going from country to country, country to country, country, to country. Right. while she went to one stop. Um, that's it. Did you ever experience that isolation, being in a new city, like not knowing the language? I found that um, certain points in my journey, I just wouldn't want to talk to people anymore. I was tired of butchering Spanish so much <laughs> that I'd get out in the world and it's like, I, I'm, I'm not even feeling it today. And then before you know it, the only person I've talked to for the day was my wife. No, I never. I, I think I started and I put a, a statement to my my Lord, mm-hmm. determination in that I don't care if I butcher your language. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Yeah. Because I said to myself, I'd rather butcher your language and try so that you know that I am trying and I believe yeah. that you would appreciate me trying rather than the, and I did this specifically because the British people have mm-hmm. a tendency on or expectation mm-hmm. when they travel and go to other people, countries. Oh, you don't speak English? Americans too. And yeah. that is rude. I, I think rude. because I find it offensive mm-hmm. when you go to another person's country to expect them to speak your language. Right. So therefore, I will crash close 24 yeah. to 72 hours and I will butcher your language as much as possible so that you understand that I am making an effort and I respect you mm-hmm. and your country. Right. So I never felt concerned, scared, or worried. I would, even in Turkey, I'm there. I'm talking a whole lot of rubbish. <laughs> For me, it's, it's sign language. Yeah, but I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sign language. You know, I'm making up. Exactly. I pull my phone out. Here's a picture of what I'm talking yeah. about. Because yeah. you have to, like you said, it's a lot of nonverbal communication. And you get by. It's crazy how helpful people really are. That's what I am saying. When they realize, like, oh, you don't speak the language. Helpful. And it's like everyday people helpful. who have been working all day are going out of their way to help you. Helpful. Extremely helpful. I have noticed that. And it's made me realize, like, you know. Your preconceived notions were wrong. Wrong. Extremely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Extremely wrong. Because you're going to places where you're, you're hearing that these people are unfriendly. You know, that's what they tell you. Or, you know, you're going to places and thinking that you're just being a burden. When in reality, everybody is, like you said in the beginning, they have their basic needs and their basic wants. And it doesn't change country to country, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to ramble and get off track. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so 
Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, Thailand. Thailand. Good food. And I can't wait. Mm. I can't wait. Did you all ever touch Japan? No, it's on the list. Vienna. We wanted to go in 20, the Olympics. 20, I can't remember which the Olympics were. Yeah. Um, but then the prices just skyrocketed too, too high. Um, but it's on the list. Okay. So I want it because it has a, a very big um, Jamaican community. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite city in Thailand? Kosamoy. 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 Okay. No, wait. No, Chiang Mai. Okay. Chiang okay. Mai is my favorite. Um, and also there's a, a melanated community there that meets up every yeah. every Sunday to have yeah um Sunday dinner. I know that the community out in Thailand is is getting big. It's yeah. getting really big in all different parts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So what? Uh. How long did you guys stay in Thailand? We did two stints. Um, okay. Each time, and I think I think it was approximately in total seven or eight months. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I want to say is that when y'all started focusing more on content creation. Yeah. I think that's where I remember seeing you guys well from yeah. on YouTube at least. Yeah, yeah. We we were in a very, very good place. The rental prices were amazing. Mm -hmm. The food price we didn't cook a single day and I love to cook. Yeah. I cook every day here. Yeah. But because it was so cheap there, we had so much more time freed up. Mm -hmm. So we could then get to, you know, at ease and peace and then record and document our journey yeah and show that to to those who are considering this path absolutely and were you were you teaching english so like from spain and in thailand were you still teaching english or was it mostly the business that you were focused on both what well, i was still teaching english yeah um, because although we had savings i wanted to ensure that we had income yeah. coming in because otherwise it would just be outgoing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you're able to take those um, certifications like from, what is it, is it Tel Telfar? Or? It was, it was Tefl. Tel so yeah. we did a Tefl um, certification. certification. We have a number of others, but right. it's basically teaching English as a foreign language. Got you, got you. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, okay. So Thailand, you guys are out there in Thailand. Yeah. What, um, where to next or what inspired y'all to to leave if y'all did two stints sounds like you loved it we, we loved you just it. had more world to see yes yeah yes <laughs> that is it we the, the world is so vast and yeah. although we really loved it we wanted to just continue exploring because this is why we got onto the journey and we have this crazy idea that one day we have done it yeah, one day we're going to get a globe and spin it stop it. it or go to the airport don't know where we're going. Look yeah. Up. Yeah. Let's go there. That's one of my dreams. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. We just wanted to see more of the world. Um, continue exploring. Mm -hmm. Because the content that we got in Thailand, if we had if we had stopped before we got to Thailand, we wouldn't have been able to experience that. Yeah. You know, like the rice fields mm. when we're showing people different how, how the process of where your rice is coming from. That did that in, in, in Bali. Wow. So it's it's about the experiences. Yeah. You, know? Man, you got me yeah. ready to book a plane ticket right now. <laughs> you know? yeah. Ideally, just big picture. You know what I mean? If you could just wave the wand and say, this is what I want in five to ten years. Do you want your kids to grow up and go to school traditionally? Do you want to homeschool? 
um, what ideally do you want like life to look like out of this this lifestyle that we built? You know, that is such a loaded question. It is. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot has happened to my wife and myself since we've been traveling. Yeah, and where we are right now, we are going by the seasons, we're going by the universe. Right now, it feels aligned to be in Mexico. And okay. so, with that alignment, this is where we are. If the time and when the time comes that we don't, we no longer feel aligned in Mexico because we need to move to continue our development or growth, mm-hmm. we will move. So, answering a question about five years down the line it is a little tricky because we do not ascribe to that type of program goal setting anymore. Yeah. What I will say is where I want to be is the better version of myself in all of the departments, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and from a family point of view, a better dad, a better husband um, for my kids. I want them to continue on the path that I've laid out for them. The only requirement I have for my children is for them to be able to listen to any information and for them to think about it and for them to make up their own mind about it. That is my only desire. And of course, I, my second one is for them to be linguists. Mm-hmm. I would really love oh that. Oh my God, I think that would be so cool. I would love <laughs> My daughter is like 90% yeah. fluent right yeah. now in Spanish. So I would love for her and my son to, yeah. to be linguists because I think the doors just open up so much. So more. much. I think it's a powerful, powerful skill to have. It you is. know, even if you can learn three, three to four, to, I mean, you know, the world is your limit, but it is truly a powerful gift. And, um, and I like that answer, honestly, like people ask me that all the time and I just wanted to see where you're, <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> so where do you want to go next? What do you want to do, you know, three years? And it's like, look, you know, I'm here now. It feels good to be here now. Exactly. And, and honestly, that is how we should look at it. You know, when you live in UK, people aren't asking you, how long are you going to be here? <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? This is where exactly. I live. So, um, I think um, there's one thing I want to touch on yeah. from, from our journey because we've been asked so many questions from a sustainability mm-hmm. point of view we, we've we taken the last five years and we've put that into um, my lady has done this amazing job at creating this resource that basically walks you through every single question and tackling every single fear you may have if you were thinking about this lifestyle, mm. so how do you actually do it? Yeah. She's created this for the last five years. Yeah. Just finished it of how to actually do this lifestyle. But also is a sustainability section yeah. as well where she's like, okay, all of our income streams, we have 11 income streams right now yeah. for passive. And, and the rest we have to turn up to, to yeah. earn. But from our time being on the road and learning different ways of making money, we've put together a resource 
we, if we can learn how to be sustainable on this journey. Mm -hmm. We are just about embarking on a 12-month um, journey where we are going to be testing out different money-making ideas, yeah. documenting them yes. for um, doing one month at a time for yeah. each idea so that people can see a whole year's worth of different ideas to see if they work, what worked, what didn't work, and should you consider these ideas in, in the space of making money and how much time you have to invest and how much uh, finance you potentially have to invest. I want to look at things that you don't have to invest so much money in. Right. And you don't have to invest so much time All of in. All time in, right. Yeah, that's and, what we're going on. And I, I think that's a very needed, very needed guidebook. You know, it sounds like it's touching on not only the emotional aspect where big fear plays into this, also, how do you sustain yourself? But giving people examples, because when left, it's like we have Google at our fingertips. Now we have chat GPT at our fingertips, yeah. but we don't always have the creative mindset yeah. to think about a business idea that could be so simple, exactly. you know? And um, so I think that is definitely needed in the content space because so many people out here are influencers and are like, look at this beach, look how beautiful this is, this monument. And I, I'm getting out of that, too, where it's like, if I go to a new city or country and I don't want to go to this museum, I'm not going. You know, even though it's the Eiffel Tower or whatever, you know, big monument yeah, it is, yeah, I do exactly. what I, I came here to eat some good food. Exactly. Um, I can show you the good food. Yeah. But I'm also going to show you how to do it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. There's no point in me showing them, oh, Mexico is great, if I can't show you how to come and enjoy it yourself, too. Yes. That's yes. what I am about. I'm about showing you the dream and the how. The how. To live your version of your right. dream. Because otherwise you're kind of just flushing. Showing off. Like, <laughs> no, come, bro. Come, sis. Yes, come and yes. live this, too. Yes. No, what, listen, you think that just because you have a child, your life is over and you have to stay put, mm -hmm. you're fixed. No. Mm -hmm. You think that just because you have a relationship um, that and the other, your partner isn't, willing to go traveling your life is fixed no yeah. remember this is your and this is another thing another touch point there are many people in relationships who don't have the right partner mm -hmm. to support them in their development and what they want to do mm -hmm. and they feel stuck but remember you only have one life you do so you can either slowly break it to them that you want to go traveling and you know we can touch on that in, in a deeper detail, but explain the reason why. Because we have to grow as beings, and the only reason, only way to do that is to follow what you're, what's on your heart, because it's on your heart for a reason. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of wrapped up being wrapped up in that fear of X, Y, Z. Whether it's your kids, yeah. your relationship, your family, your family your not friends, supporting you, not believing work. in you. Yeah, and it's. I think a mindset shift, I think it was easier for me because I work, you know, with my wife as a team and we both were aligned on this and our family was supportive, but I had a ton of fear yeah. around how this is going to affect my kids around, you know, how it's going to affect me financially. This is yeah. the first year where I'm not working a nine to five. Yeah. That must be scary. And I mean, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, there's pros and cons to it, yeah. right? I'm not, I'm not living as lavishly you know yeah. sometimes is, is if well, i wanted next, to well that's the next but, part yeah that's but living how do you live within your means exactly. without the nine to five or how do you live within your means with a nine to five exactly. and stack it up exactly. you know there was so, an objective for me yeah helping people 
you asked about five years. I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking that my, I'm on a mission to become an, for us, my family and I, to become an idea. Mm. And that idea is that if I can do it, you can you do can it too. too. Right. And not just to say it, but to provide a space mm. whereby we can support you in getting to what you define as this is what my happiness looks like. Yeah. And we'll support you in getting there. Yeah. That's what, that's what I want to do. And that's what we're, we're going to do. A resource. I yeah. think I know how I'm going to title this episode. <laughs> um, I do think we got to cut it here because yeah, I'm sure the kids are going to be a lot, but um, we covered a lot. 